Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. We have a big special guest today, John Whittle of the Big Spur. John, thanks for joining this week. How are you doing this week? I'm I'm doing wonderful. Beautiful Sunday night. Um, not a not a great week for Gamecock basketball, but but me, I, I'm doing wonderfully. How are the Pacers doing out there? <laughs> they've been slipping. <laughs> they've been slipping. They they started out the year great, but they've uh, they've slowed down a little bit. They were looking like a, a top uh, three or maybe even four seed in the playoffs, and it ain't looking like that anymore. Is Reggie Miller ever going to come back? No, but I still uh, I still have my Reggie Miller finger sleeve. <laughs> so you know, I, I feel like he could come back. back out. I feel like he could come back and still kind of play and hang around. <laughs> He, yeah, he'd at least be able to shoot it. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? He may not get up and down the court quite like he used to, but he can still uh, uh, throw throw out a couple of three pointers, throw out throw out a couple of choke gestures, and, and and we'll still be good. All right. Well, the week that was Carolina basketball, um, John. I don't know how to sugarcoat it. It wasn't a great week. What were your initial thoughts on the recap of the week? I mean that that game on Wednesday at Auburn. I mean sometimes things just go wrong, and it just it, it was a day when Auburn, you know, shot incredibly well, and and South Carolina just really couldn't do much to stop them. Um, you know, so it was it was interesting that Auburn. I, I can't remember the number right off the top of my head, but but they they um, were shooting a low percentage the first four or five minutes of the game and then just went on a torrid streak. Like hadn't, hadn't really seen before. And some shots were contested. Some, some weren't, some were easy, some were difficult, but you know, South Carolina couldn't keep up on, on the offensive end. And it just, it, it was just one of those games where you just kind of throw your hands up and say, you know what, sometimes it happens and and it, and it does. And then you go into uh, the game on Saturday and, feeling like you have a great opportunity to bounce back against an LSU team that was right around 500. And, and uh, you know, just you, you, you blew a lead with some really uncharacteristic things. And that was what was kind of disappointing for, for me and, and probably everybody else out there is just stupid stuff. Um, and this team hadn't done stupid stuff all year. Like when you think of South Carolina basketball, you often think about stupid stuff and like this, but not this year. This year they've been great, and it was just one of those days where it's like, you know, Talon Cooper just dribbling to nowhere, or you know, so like Miles Studi's just. I mean, I I I don't have words for some of the stuff that he was doing down the stretch. It's just just really disappointing um, to to see things kind of collapse like that in a very very uncharacteristic way. So going back to that Auburn game, the start of the game, we kind of get up a little bit. You what, 9-2, 9-4, something like that? And you're like, we ain't scared of that road environment. Going into the game, that's all everyone could talk about was Auburn undefeated this year at home. And what is it, two losses in two or three years? The jungle is probably one of the top five hardest places to play. I mean, it's up there with Duke, I would think, and just because of how they set up their arena. You, you kind of get jealous of seeing stadiums like that that are set up perfectly for the students to shine. Yeah, and, and I, I was there on Wednesday. And, um, you know, I, I've been there before. I've been there a couple of times. And, you know, I, I really enjoy I, – I like Auburn, period. I, I, I like the trip out to the Plains and got a nice, nice city, nice downtown. I mean, I, I like Auburn in general. But their, their basketball arena, in my opinion, is, is second to none. Um, you know, I've been – I've been uh, everywhere in the SEC except for Missouri and Texas A&M um, for basketball. And, you know, I, I I have Auburn right there. You know, just – I mean, it's different than Arkansas. It's different than Rupp Arena. But if I'm picking a place to go, I'm probably going to Auburn. Um, but it, it's, it's a cool environment, cool place. Uh, and they were certainly rocking for, for, you know, almost all 40 minutes out there. Question Question for you about Auburn's arena. Um, so it's it's famously small, right? They they like built this new arena where they could have, and it's only got like it only seats like nine thousand people. Do you notice it being smaller than like the Colonial Life Arena? Does it feel small, or does it still feel 
you, you know, big and everything? No, it feels pretty small. I mean, it is definitely, you, you feel like things are, are right on top of you. Um, you know, it's, it's built kind of up a little bit and there's, you know, there's three different levels uh, or four different levels uh, that you can go up to. Uh, there's, there's suites and premium seating. I mean, it's, it, it, it all, it, it, it feels like it's built up. Um, and, you know, like, like you said, the, the students have a uh, great, great seats around the court. I don't know how many rows deep they go, probably 10 or 12 uh, behind both baskets and, and then the, the sides opposite the bench. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool rowdy environment. So, you know, I, I, I enjoyed every, every bit of it. The sight lines are, are great. Um, you know, they have, the media used to be kind of sitting on the concourse um, between the first and second level. Now they have the media all the way up at the top um uh, behind one of the backboards so uh we we have the worst seats in the house uh which is fine i mean i get it we we don't we don't pay them money so they give us the worst seats but um uh, but it's it's still cool it's, it's still cool i i enjoyed it well what do you accustom this 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 i guess last couple of weeks i know that we beat old miss beat vandy but those games you know were up and down at times is it just this team just going into a little rut right now after just so much going right early in the year, right? We got used to Frank's teams where we were having what, five, six, seven losses sometimes in the non-con, everything going well, 12 and one going the year. And you don't really get mad at that Clemson game early in the year because we were kind of with them the whole way. Right. Um, But then I guess it started turning into a little bit of trend now that like we have some leads and we can't hold on to those leads. Is it teams are just starting to figure us out or, is it just a little rut, like I mentioned? It's a good question. It's it's a fair question, and you know, I I don't know that I can put my finger on it specifically. You know, I do think that um, I, I I've given a lot of credit over the course of the year to Talon Cooper and being kind of the the straw that stirs a drink, really on both ends of the court. And, and I don't think he's been quite as good in, in several of these games here, here lately. Um, just a little bit uncharacteristic things that he's, he's been doing occasionally. Um, I, I think that's part of it, but you know, they, this team didn't, this team made mistakes at the end of the game and, and things that they hadn't really been doing. You know, there were, uh, there was a possession there with about 90 seconds left where, you know, give up two offensive rebounds where, where Carolina's guys should have had both of those offensive rebounds. And then they end up making, making a three pointer, um, you know, Studi let the guy drive to the basket without fouling. Um, you know, they've been making mistakes that are, have been a little bit uncharacteristic and, you know, I don't know exactly where that's come from. Uh, it's hard for me to put a finger on it. You know, there've been, it, it doesn't feel like South Carolina has all of their players have, have played great games all at once. Uh, I mean, Colin Murray Boyles missed probably four, maybe five layups that he absolutely should have made that he's been making all year, you know, in, in that game on, on Saturday against LSU. Like I, I'm, I, that's, that's the game that bothers me the most. Like Auburn's a really talented team playing in a really talented place, played a great game that was way over their heads and South Carolina just didn't play great. And things kind of snowballed. Like, you know, if, if, um, you know, and, and that's that's why I kind of I don't want to say I want to ignore that game, but I kind of want to ignore that game um, just because sometimes those things happen. It's it's the ones like LSU that that really kind of bother you a little bit. And, you know, that's where that's where the things have gone wrong um, or, or that's where uh, things have gone wrong to me, in, in my opinion, was was in that when you got out rebounded. Um, pretty good. You gave up 12 offensive boards and, and giving up offensive rebounds has been a little bit of a problem uh, here and there. You know, South Carolina has been really good in transition defense, not giving up a lot of fast break points, gave up 12 of those the other day. They're getting their bl- shots blocked left and right. Um, they haven't, which hasn't happened a whole lot. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, I, I want to, I, I want to see him, I guess, probably, um, they're, they're I, I want to see the maturity again, I, I guess that, uh, you know, this team was, was playing with for, for so long, like when Tennessee was, 
when you look back at the Tennessee game, for example, up there in Knoxville, and Tennessee would throw a punch, and South Carolina would throw a punch right back. You know, they connect uh, would would do something incredible there. The last two, three, four minutes of the game, South Carolina would come back down the court, run their offense, get a good shot, make that shot, go back down. Like they were just trading punch for punch, and it was good basketball. And you watched the LSU game the other day, and there were so many moments that were just kind of head scratching. Um, so I, I just I want to see that mature, focused team uh, come back here o- over this next week. And you know, next Wednesday is is off, uh, no midweek game this week, and then travel down to Oxford, Mississippi for the next one. So got to find themselves a little bit, I think, after you know what's happened this past week. Yeah. So one thing that I do think that I. Th- this hasn't been on the, this has been happening a little bit more than just this week. The week before with the game with the game home against Ole Miss and home against Vandy. Um you, you know, the Ole Miss game, they basically do almost exactly what they did Saturday against LSU. They're up by 17 at, at the 16, you, you know, minute mark of the second half, playing great. And then just the offense just goes away, you know, coming down the stretch. And um, and almost give that one away, and then in, and then with Vandy on Saturday, you, you know, down by four at the half, uh, really just needing an all-time performance from Colin Murray Boyles, you, you know, in the second half to like that game ends up being a uh, fifteen-point win, but you, you know, with but Murray Boyles in the second half was literally doing any everything that he could, like 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 if he wanted it, he got it. You, you know, and 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 that's to the team's credit, I guess. They kept running plays for him. But it has been a little bit of a just like what happened at LSU. It seems like the last couple of weeks th- this has been in play, you, you know, and, and it just got us. And then Pat Adams was right there to just, you know, <laughs> hammer it home. Like, <laughs> well, John, yeah, do you, you ever, and I, we don't like to blame the rest. We blame the refs a little bit, maybe. But do you think that's game? Not many fouls called. It kind of reminded you of that old miss game, right? Teams weren't in the bonus coming down the stretch, and you're like, oh man, this turns into a have to foul situation. Where you know, other team, whichever team's gonna be in bad shape. Did you think it was a foul when the guy drove the lane under 10 seconds? Is that a foul? And if it is, is it on the floor? I just it just seemed a little questionable and delayed on the foul call. Well, um, first of all, I, I I say this not to critique the ref. I, I I say I say what I'm about to say just to give a little perspective on on why I tend to side with refs. Um, I I I when I was in college when I when I started in college and for several years after I, I refereed church league basketball which I'm not pretending was any kind of like real feat. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not some genius ref or anything like that, but. Bryce I, thinks I it's the end all be all. Well, I love Bryce church basketball. <laughs> Champion church basketball. He's, anyway. he's so fired up that we're about to talk about church basketball for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Like, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it was, it was mainly high schoolers and, and, you know, they, they want to go out there and compete and win. And it's more than just going out and learning the game and having fun. Like it's, it's out there trying to be competition. So like they take it seriously and, you know, I, I tried to do it too. So, you know, I, I say that just to say, like, I, I understand what, a, I understand uh, what sometimes officials see or think or, or what have you. For me, in that moment, like I'm, I'm looking at this right, and and I'm underneath the goal because because that's that's the guy who called the foul. He's underneath the goal, and Talon Cooper gets in there, or no, excuse me, Kyle Murray Boyles gets in there, gets his hands on the ball, and it looks like a jump ball there for for a minute. With and it had been a jump ball in on all like that specific call had been a jump ball all all day. Yeah. And, and I think you're right on that. I, I think you're right on that. There were a couple of those and, but, and you, you watch it in slow motion. It's like, okay, that's a jump ball, but then you watch, you watch it in real time. And, you know, there's probably not joint possession for long enough to call it a jump ball. And as the, as the LSU guys driving through the lane and trying to go up, like 
Colin Murray Boyle's arm is like foul. He's fouling him. He he's fouling him in that moment. But that's also just for the slightest of seconds. And and uh, you know, as he's as his hands are coming off the ball, he's also pulling his arms away. Like you see Colin like pull his arms back like this because he knows that he's not on the ball anymore and he's trying not to commit a foul. So as I'm as I'm seeing that as a referee, I I'm just I'm I'm playing no whistle is what is what I'm doing is is I'm I'm not blowing 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 my whistle period there because you know it, it looks like a held ball for just a second and you know it's probably not long enough to be a held ball probably not long enough to be a jump ball but he's obviously not trying to foul the kid and the contact there is is so minimal and so brief I just let it keep going it just made me want to scream going to the game was it Joe Lindsay and Pat Adams, I just those refs have in the past kind of burned us, but just I guess you don't want to. The game doesn't end on that, but it, it's just frustrating. Pat Adams didn't lose the game. Pat yeah. Adams, Pat Adams didn't. Pat, Pat Adams, like Carolina basketball, could have <clears throat> could have put this game away. Pat Adams didn't, you know, cost us the game in the last ten seconds of the second half. Um. There are two calls that went against the way that they had been calling the game. You, you know, because I, I thought that the that the jump ball that they called on Mac also thought that was a foul. Uh, right before that, you know, th- there's a play uh, probably about 30 seconds before where there's a, the couple of offensive rebounds that you're talking about. One of them, Studi gets undercut. Like, like the guy throws an elbow into Studi's back and kind of pushes him out of the way, which – had been a no call all half, you know, like, like that had been a no call all half. And so, and then we get down into these last 10 seconds and there's these two jump ball, not jump balls. They both don't go our way. You know, the when our guy has the ball and it could have been a foul, it's a jump ball. When their guy has the ball and it could be a foul, it's a foul. And, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it was, it was, it was frustrating, but make no mistake, the LSU game. I mean, if y'all didn't watch it, we end up losing by one. I think it was what 64-63 to LSU. And um led like they easily could have put this away. Um, I think Michi going out kind of shook them a little bit, like just playing the last, what was the last six, seven minutes without Michi. Um and um and our team maybe forgetting to play deep know how to play defense down the stretch, too. Yeah, it, yeah. it was not a good week for defense. Yeah, and you know, with uh, with the jump ball on BJ call, like the uh, the bald headed official who was up near mid court, he was coming in with with his fist clenched, and he looked like he was coming in with it about half raised, about to call a foul on the kid from behind, which probably should have been called. Uh, but you know, Lindsey Joe Lindsey, you know, got himself in there. Pat Adams. Pat Adams. Pat, yeah, yeah, Pat Adams. Excuse me, Pat Adams. Got in there uh, pretty but good. Potato, and, potato. Yeah, and and made made sure that his call was the one that was uh, going to be heard. So, you know, it it, you know, you watch it and you're like, well, that's why you don't really want to inbound the ball to the sideline because that you know, or, or to one yes. of the lines because you know you're two guys, you got nowhere to go, and there. Like 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 we said, South Carolina's done some really uncharacteristic, some really stupid things, you know, just in general, uh, especially in that game. And, you know, that's one that you circle and say, really shouldn't have inbounded the ball there uh, in, in that moment. So just that was a, another disappointing moment and a whole slew of them. What did you hear on Michi? Was it a concussion or at least concussion pro- protocol on him? Yeah, that's that's what Lamont said after the game. So I, I don't I don't yet have any kind of update on, on what's going on exactly with that, but you know, that's what Lamont mentioned after the game. Well, positive way uh wise, um Colin Murray Boyles is kind of on a run here that I don't think we've seen here in a very long time. I mean, Gigi Jackson had a few good games last year, but we were trying to talk and think when's the last time a freshman has had this strong of a stretch? Can you remember? a freshman just kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, he was highly rated, right? He was top 100, I think, on the last ranking. Ranking, But did you see this coming at all? 
Um, I mean, not not really a 31-point game uh, like he had the other day when he was – I can't even remember what he was from the field, 14 of 17 or something like that, something yeah. – something obnoxious. Um, I mean, this, this past game, you know, I, I know that he was really disappointed in himself with, with how he played. I mean, he was, he was uh six of 14 from the field and probably should have been, probably should have made at least four more of those layups or, mm-hmm. or shots around on the basket that he missed. But, you know, he's, he's been tremendous. And, you know, I had, I had some people over there in the program talking him up to me before the season and saying, you know, this is, this is a potential sec freshman of the year guy like not just SEC all freshman team, but potential freshman of the year. And I mean, that with, with the, with the way Kentucky, just, just Kentucky, just the way Kentucky brings freshmen into the the league who, who are incredible. Like for, for somebody at South Carolina to be in that conversation is, 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 is uh, really impressive. But um, you know, with the freshmen in this league, uh, I mean, I, given, given, you know, him missing so much time and it taking him a little bit slower to start. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to, going to uh, be on that list, but you know, he's got a great shot at being, being, uh, you know, freshman all sec, uh, for the conference being on that team. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought he had a really good shot of, of doing that. You know, I was looking back at some notes from when, uh, from when he signed and, you know, it was like, I had somebody over there tell me, you know, he can guard the five. I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, this dude's six 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 seven. Like he can't guard the five in the SEC. He can guard the five. He can guard the five. He's no Hayden <laughs> Brown out there at six four playing center. He is, he is not. No, no disrespect to Hayden Brown, but he's no Hayden Brown out there playing center. Yeah, he can absolutely guard the five. And you know, he's he's done a nice job down there and you know, his, his length, his, the way he can snatch a rebound out of the air or pass out of the air is just, is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, his, his uh, bounce, you know, he's, he's just, he's got such tremendous feel. Like, yeah, I mean, I think Colin Murray's will Colin Murray Boyles will have another year at South Carolina, but I wouldn't get like real attached and thinking that he's going to be here uh, for, for a real long time. Well, I'm and, glad he's a local and, guy too, because NIL, we're gonna have to pay him. Yeah. And and with the I mean, with the with the way that the season's going, you know, if he if if we go on another little run here in these last five games, it the sky's the limit for what, what I've come to expect, you know, from from players. If they if they even get a get a hint, you, you know, of the NBA, uh it, it does not I I I think he'll be back or and play in, and for another year of college, but it also would not. I would. It would not be the most shocking thing to see him go try to make a jump. Yeah, and and um, I, I agree with you just from just from a skill set standpoint, and you know, listening to the draft folks last year and like kind of what they look for, and like he's 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 what you want to draft into the NBA. Um, but you know, I I don't. I don't know that this is going to be quite the right time. I haven't looked into this year's draft to see, you know, is it, is it a weak draft? Is it, is it a loaded draft? Like if it's a weak draft, then, you know, maybe, maybe you go ahead and do it now. If you, if you have a great, great uh, close out to the season, but you know, y'all, you guys may know more than I do about what it looks like, you know, this, this uh, coming, what is it? July. From what I've read, it seems like it's a weak draft. Everything at the trade, like everybody, like at the NBA trade deadline, Everybody that you would read, you know, people are trading first round picks and everybody's like, oh, well, you're getting this late pick in a weak draft. Um, so I, I think it is a relatively weak NBA draft. But um, um, but but, you know, I don't know. Also, the other thing after the Vandy game, ESPN updated their mock draft board. Now, this might have changed, but I but after the 30 point Vandy game, I checked they they he had not entered their radar yet. Uh, I don't think they had him on the top hundred. Uh, he's probably in the top hundred, and they just haven't, and he just hasn't entered their radar yet. But um, but so if if he if he does get some draft mojo, I think it will be late, and I think it will be some late buzz. It could be one of these things where he goes to the combine, comes back. You know, um, I, I don't know. Here's here's what we want as South Carolina fans. We want him to go to the NBA as a first-round pick. We want him to play his way into the first round 
over the course of the next five regular season basketball games, SEC tournament, and NCAA tournament. We want him to be the best freshman in the country, we, we, you know, take South Carolina as far as, as they can go this year, and then parlay parlay that into a first-round draft pick. That's what we want, you, you know, like from – But from we're going with him staying four years too. <laughs> no, because if he stays four years, that means he doesn't get better than he got at Vandy. You want one and duns. You want one and duns as a program. That's what you want, you know, but you want them to be good one and duns. You don't want them you, – you you want success to come from – I mean, we just had a one and done last season, and it's clear that, you know, just from Gigi's rookie, rookie year right now that he's having in, uh, with the Grizzlies where – they've called him up from the G league and they've given him a contract. I mean, it's clear that Gigi was drafted too low uh, in the NBA draft probably could have been late first rounder. I'm a Hornets fan potentially would have like, I like Nick Smith jr. Out of Arkansas that they took with like the 27th pick, but you know, Gigi there, you you know, would have been like potentially better. Um, And uh, he, he, he's looking like he could be the steal of last year's draft. Um, But as far as us with a one and done, it was a very it was a very unsuccessful season. What you want with one and duns is them to be great, them to you know play them play themselves into top ten, top twenty picks, and then and then go to the NBA and have good careers too. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, from South Carolina's standpoint. You, I feel like you've got to get your program to where you can have your one and done be successful, like. You know, with with Gigi, the the people around him weren't weren't any good. So you know, you basically wasted Gigi Jackson for a year. Like, if you have a good team around your your best player and can parlay that into team success, that that's certainly certainly um, you know much much more beneficial. Um, you know, I I I would like to see Colin be able to stay around for a year, and that's not wishing ill on him. Like, if if he's going to be a top twenty pick, he needs to go go do it. Uh, if he's going to be a top 40 pick, then if he's going to be in that range, then, then I, I think you, you, you got to want him back because you, you want him to uh, be able to attract other guys to, to come play and have the program look a little bit more stable and, and attractive to other potential, you know, one and dones or, or whatever. So. And Gigi and Gigi's kind of the playbook on this too. Cause like, look at everything Gigi is doing in the NBA right now. I, I, I didn't read the details of the contract that he signed, but I'm absolutely positive it's not as good as the contract that, you know, the 10th pick in the NBA draft signed. And if, I mean, imagine if he was playing the level of basketball that he's currently playing in the NBA at the University of South Carolina this season, he would absolutely be a top 10 pick. Um, and um, and would And instead of a four-year million dollar 1.5 1.2 million dollar contract he'd have he'd have a four-year contract where he's making seven eight nine ten million dollars and so staying to bump the draft stock because i mean the if if you're drafted high those contracts it's big the higher you go staying to bump the draft stock there is um you you know is, is big money is real money yeah and and i think that next year that um Colin Colin's going to have an opportunity to to improve on some things that he doesn't look like he does particularly well right now, but he's also going to have a sh- an opportunity to showcase those things. Like he's going to be he's going to kind of slide out and and be BJ Mack this year and, and play play more of the four. And they think that he can shoot. He thinks that he can shoot. We haven't seen him look like he's been able to shoot. I mean, you can look at a free throw and and see that, uh, you know, maybe they, you can look and see he's got some touch, but you can also look and see that it's not real consistent in what, what he's doing. So, you know, I, I do think that he's going to have an opportunity to kind of uh, work on his game in some areas, uh, specifically the mid-range game and, and, and three-point game. And, you know, if he can show at the college level – that he can do do a little bit more of that, then you know that's going to certainly enable him to be much more valuable, um, you know, from a from an NBA standpoint. All right. Well, all of Gamecock Twitter has been talking about this the last couple of days. These last oh, five games, 
Gamecock Twitter. I try to stay off of that. The, these last five games, quad ones, all of them. This yeah. of where we're playing them. I it, mean, this is the time to shine. Go win the games. But, I mean, what do you think, John, these last five games? You have any idea, inkling, how they're going to go? And what do you think we need to do to solidify us in the tournament? So here's a quick rundown for everybody that's not looking at the schedule. We've got um, – We've got we're at Ole Miss Saturday. We have no game this week, which is good because that that allows Michi to not be in concussion protocols. Right. Um, so we're off this week at Ole Miss Saturday, at AM the following Wednesday, home against Florida, home against Tennessee, and then we wrap up the season at Mississippi State. Kim Palm has miss has us at 45, Ole Miss at 60. And then the other four teams that we're playing, they've got AM 39, Mississippi State 33, Florida 26, and Tennessee 7. So it's a it it it's a heavy backloaded schedule here. It is. It is. And like it's taken me a little bit by surprise based on what I thought going into this. I, I didn't I, I didn't think it would be this tough. Down the stretch, uh, I I was obviously just wrong. Uh, I knew I knew obviously there were going to be a couple of difficult games, and having having three of the last five away certainly makes it a little bit more challenging. But um, and, and as you as I, I think you mentioned in there, you know Ken Palm only has South Carolina winning one of those one of those games, and that's uh, the the Florida game at home uh, in a couple of Saturdays. So you know it's I, I mean I do feel like. South Carolina can go on the road and beat Mississippi this Saturday, especially if Michi Johnson's available. Um, uh, Missouri was up on Ole Miss. I don't know if y'all were watching that game or not. Missouri was up on Ole Miss by either nine or 10, um, about 12 minutes to go in the game. And then ended up, uh, Ole Miss ended up winning by three. Um, you know, Mississippi state is, is certainly going to be a, a tough one to end it. And, uh, but you know, South Carolina's beaten Tennessee already. Uh, Texas A&M has has won some nice games, but they've also lost some games where you just. Mm, uh, I mean, there's there's still opportunity there for South Carolina to win a couple of these, and if they win if they win two of these. I mean, they're very comfortably into the tournament without having to worry about what happens in the league. You know, I I think the net's going to be going up. Uh, regardless, as, assuming, you know, South Carolina plays pretty well and plays good close games, uh, especially if you mix in a win, a couple of wins in there. I mean, I, I just, it, I, I struggle sometimes to separate what, where South Carolina was, what South Carolina probably is and what's left. Like, you know, when, when you're, when you're thinking coming into the season, you know, you're just hoping to finish, you know, maybe in, in the NIT. And then and halfway through this thing, you're like, we can win the damn league. Like we can be go, a one seed. Right. To go from <laughs> to go from one thought like that to to uh to to what it was midway through, it's like it, it, it messes with your head on on like what's real and, and what Auburn really took the eraser to the dry erase board. Like <laughs> like yeah. like before the pod against going in, going into the Auburn game before the pod I'm like I mean man if we win this game you you know like three losses just just with, with this win at Auburn like w- we could we could be a sneaky talk for a one seed we are obviously not that uh <laughs> but uh but but you are right that just what we are has just is has been a roller coaster Mm-hmm. of um of, of this team but but one thing i do think is important what we currently are is a team that's in the ncaa tournament and that's what and i think that's what we need to you, you know obviously if they lose all five games that you, yes if they just start losing every game that they play then we might not be in the ncaa tournament uh but i think we have to give this team some credit you, you know they're They've got absolutely. the most wins in the SEC. They're uh, they're tied for third. Uh, absolutely, and you know some. Uh, there was a guy on the on the message boards who said, you know this, you know this this uh, this team isn't nearly as good as the record says it is. I I I mean I don't think that's true. 
like I don't know about you guys. I've I can't think of a fluky win off the top of my head. Um, I can think of a couple of fluky losses, but I can't think of a fluky win. I mean, this team knows what it is, and and basically all of these games has gone out and kind of played their style of ball and it's been winning basketball. Like, I mean, I, I think this, I think this team has earned their record and where they are right now. And, you know, I think that's a, a great credit to Lamont Paris and, and the players. Um, they, they've gone out there and won these games. They've gone out and gone toe to toe with Tennessee. Tennessee didn't play a bad game at, at home. I mean, they didn't play great, but you know, it's not like, what South Carolina did at home against Georgia and missed like 700 free throws or, or whatever it was um, something close to that. Like that's not what Tennessee did. Um, you know, South Carolina's lost some games in some fluky ways. They haven't won games in fluky ways that, that I can recall. Maybe there's one or two out there. They've had some ugly wins. A couple of those early non-conference or, or late non-conference games like Charleston Southern was, was pretty ugly. And East, East and, Carolina um, at East Carolina when yeah. we, when we probably ran out of the gym and never looked back. Yeah. yeah. The, the Winthrop game, I, I think finished at like 10 or 12 points, but that Winthrop game wasn't pretty for the vast majority of it. Like there've been some ugly wins, but you know, weren't you got an SEC play has been pretty good. I mean those those teams those teams and those wins that we're talking about. I mean that's a team that was starting Stephen Clark, you know. So like and and so w- w- what's what's also wild about this? I mean we were talking about Murray Boyles, but he he is him being healthy and a hundred percent has just unleashed this team in a way that you know that East Carolina that Charleston Southern game potentially doesn't happen in that capacity um, if he's playing like he is. This game, I mean, heck, we might win at Clemson if he's playing this well. Um, and so – And Josh Gray, too. Yes. Oh, I, we love Josh Gray. I, I think that Boyles actually – I think Boyles compliments Gray in a way that allows, like th- – that allows Gray to be the best version of himself. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Josh Gray's has – that Josh Gray's play – has ticked up for the first time to the best that it's been since he's been here at the same time that Murray Boyles' play has been ticking up as well. I don't I think, think that's Colin Murray Boyles has had to teach Josh Gray to make some more free throws this year, which, you know, we we still are in shock that he made the two free throws. I mean, just, that's the win. That's the win. You, you, you were asking if there's been a fluky win. That's the win. At Josh Gray making clutch free throws. Yeah. Yeah. At, at Missouri, Michigan going to the bench. probably one out there, but you're but, right. Josh Josh Gray hitting the two free throws, and then Jacoby Wright, uh, Taylon sending it to overtime, and then Jacoby Wright. You, you know, I mean, we're as big a Jacoby Wright fan as there is, but Jacoby Wright putting the team on his back and and winning it. That's your that's your game that we shouldn't have won that we stole. There you go, there you go. There, I, I felt sure there was probably one out there, and, and that's that's it. That's the one. But you know, and you're probably onto something with with Colin and Josh, but you know. If if you look at Josh's numbers from SEC play last year, they're not as good as or, or his numbers this year aren't as good as what they were last year. Like he's played good ball in SEC play before. I he he just he doesn't get up for non-conference games. And and I've had more than one person over there tell me that. Like he doesn't start playing until the SEC. And and I don't know what that is. If he comes back next year, it's probably going to be the same way again. Like it just, it just is. He was taught and, by Frank Martin. That's when Frank Martin seems decided to start playing. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe, but um, you know, I, the the light comes on when SEC play hits for for Josh. And you know, I'm I, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that that's true. I, there's probably something to the Colin Murray Boyle stuff. I mean, when you have good players around you, you know, good players make other players better. And, and I think there's certainly a, uh, de- certainly a degree of truth to that, but you know, when you, when you add Josh Gray, good Josh Gray uh, and Colin Murray boils into the, the lineup after the Winthrop's and Elon's and Charleston Southern's then, then yeah, you, you look like a completely different team. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much what happened. I did want to touch on Michi a little bit. He's kind of had an interesting year just points wise, you either have games that he's in the, you know, 15 plus, or he has 
five or less points or sometimes zero points. What's going on, do you think, Michi, um, over the course of the last month? Oh, you know, I, I think having more guys who can score is is part of it. You know, I mean, South Carolina does a good job of of, of getting good shots and getting the right guy the ball. And, you know, Michi's been able to score, but he's also not under as much pressure to score either. Right. Like he's, he, I mean, he was a point guard, right? Like, I mean, he's he, passing it at a high level for sure. Right. So he's a, he's able to create off the dribble. He's able to find other players and those other players that he's found now have been able to score. Like, well, <laughs> Last year, that just wasn't the case. Like, if he's dribbling and driving and kicking out to somebody else, like, that somebody else just probably isn't making it. I mean, let's just – if we're being real. It, unless Gigi was hot. Unless unless Gigi was hot, it wasn't going in. Right, right. So, you know, he was having to shoulder the scoring load, and this, this year he doesn't have to do it, and he's able to be more of that – kind of combo guard to where he can still shoot from five feet behind the arc when he's feeling it and feeling good. Um, but he can also, you know, dribble drive and get, get into the lane and either finish or, or find somebody else. So, you know, his assist numbers are up. Um, his scoring numbers have fluctuated a little bit, but, you know, I think a lot of that has had to do with, with, um, with, with the guys around him too, and being capable. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, go and ahead. So um I, I think with um with, with these five games that are coming up, um we like I don't this team isn't like yes, they're all gonna they're all gonna be tough games. They're not gonna, they're probably not gonna win all five of them. Um just like just like even just like last week on the pod when I was saying if we go in and beat Auburn, we could be a number one seed. We weren't winning out, you know, like and this this week has taught us that this that we're not gonna win all of them. But one of the things about this team and one of the things that Bryce and I have been saying all year is that while we're, we're going to live and die, we very well might live and die by the three-point shot. And uh, this week we died by it. You know, we went, what, three for 15 against Auburn and then uh, six for 20 against LSU. You, you know, so neither one of those are good. They're not going to do that all five games. They're going to go in. You, you know, um, some of these games, they're going to win one, one, two, three, maybe four of them. Um, they just need to write the ship at Ole Miss. And I think I think we're fine before the season started or before SEC play started, after they went 12 and one. The conventional wisdom from everybody was 10 wins put you in the NCAA tournament. And here they are with nine. And so I, I don't you know that I don't think that LSU didn't cost if they if they lose the if they don't make the tournament it's not because of the LSU game which is what South Carolina fans are talking about it's going to be because of a monumental collapse which I don't think this team is going to do you, you know like I think we'll yeah. shut up a lot of the the doubters if we go win at Ole Miss on Saturday what do you think John yeah and and I, I would agree with that because you know you should be able to win you know more than one of your last seven games, uh, if you're an NCAA tournament team, um, re regardless of, of who the opponent is. I mean, you know, all, you look at each game individually and LSU was probably the easiest one to win, but if that's the only one that you win, you know, you're probably not an NCAA tournament team. If, if you lose six of your last seven, um, it's, it's just, I, I I agree with you that uh, that the LA, that a loss to LSU is not what keeps South Carolina out of the tournament if it gets to that point. But you know I don't really think it gets to that point. I think but South Carolina and yeah and, and and you're not saying that. Right. Um, so they're making the tournament. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know I I think they pick up a couple of wins along the way and and uh, you know we'll see where where things shake out in the sec standings and where South Carolina is in the sec tournament and all It'd be that real stuff. fun to win an sec tournament game too. You know, that's something we haven't done. We in forgot a while. what that feels like. I don't even go anymore. You should like, go this year. You going go? this year? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go this year. And I went, I went a couple of years ago. I went down to Tampa a couple of years ago and um, you know, that was, that was uh Frank for Frank's last game, um, you know, against Mississippi state and, and uh, but but yeah, it's it's rare that I even even go. 
Well, well let's win the SEC tournament for John. I, hey, I'm fine with it. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll spend, I'll spend however long in Nashville that they want me to spend. All it takes is what four or five wins in the next game, five games or so, and we can just go to Charlotte for the NCAA tournament game. How would that be nice? Yeah, I'd love it. Yes. Uh, you know, just make it easy on me. <laughs> Let's not send John to Spokane. I, I mean, I'd make the best of it. I don't really want to hop on a plane, but I, I will. I guess I'll go up there. How is uh, Spokane this time of year? You think <laughs> it's probably cold, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only been up to Washington state one time and that was in, in July. So if I have to go, uh, you know, in early March, um, you know, I'll do it, yeah. but <laughs> well, it's <laughs> nice to even just be talking about into the big tournament, regardless of how bad this week was just so far this year, it's just nice and refreshing yeah. not to be talking about tanking. Yeah, you usually usually people in the media we get to this point of the year and they're like, you know, if they win their last five games, they can maybe make it. And so you, you know, here we are. If they lose the rest of their games, they won't make it. You know, like it's it's like an inverse. That's that's what I was saying to somebody the other day. It's like you get to this point of the year. It's like, all right, if they do this and that, and this team does this and that, and this other team does all of these things, and then, you know, seven other teams go winless, then, like, you're on the edge of potentially being on the bubble. And it's like, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, I just want a year. And it, actually, I, I just want a year where we don't have to sit there and, and try to do math on all these things. Like welcome, well, welcome to 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's here. It's here. I, I it's, here. it's here. We just don't want another year of sitting at the alumni center and the, the bracket being leaked and, and seeing Frank's face and the player's face going, we didn't make the tournament. It's just, we don't yeah. want to ever go through that again. Yeah. Well, fortunately I wasn't there at that, at that deal. Um, but yeah, I can, I can imagine that was a tough one. And then they announced, if I remember correctly, they announced USC and a bunch of people started, uh, started cheering, but it was Southern Cal. Yes. If, if that, that was the same year, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, cause, cause apparently, apparently somebody told Frank that they were in. You, you know, and then they apologized to him that they that they read it as the wrong USC. Like someone from the committee had told Frank that they were in, and uh, that, that they had read that that they had gotten the wrong USC. Are we still the highest um, D one Power Conference team? Was it twenty five wins to miss the tourney? Like like a high level conference team with twenty five wins? I thought that was a, a record at the that, time. That's what it was. Um, I don't know if that's still standing. I haven't heard of it being broken, so I, I guess that's still, guess that's still true. Yeah, it still burns us. Was it Tulsa and Vandy got in, and we beat both of them? It was just stupid. Yeah, I know you're right on Vandy. It may have been Tulsa too, but Vandy was the one that was that that just blew my mind. Well, anyway, hopefully this we're talking um, next after next Saturday. We've beaten Ole Miss, and everything's right, right in the ship, and. It'll be nice to be on, I guess, on the message boards on the Big Spur for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it, may, it makes things a little bit easier when people are happy. But You always got the three or four guys, the doom and gloomers are like, this is it, it's over, we're drowning. Yeah, well, they're, they're – uh, and, and they like to – those folks like to throw it in your face a little bit too whenever whenever something bad happens and, and they look smart. So, you know, it just it's just part of it. Just part of it. All right. Well, recapping the women this week, the opposite of anything called a bad week. They might start they might start games bad, but the fourth quarter comes along and everything's fine. Honestly, it was it was almost like the women were just like, do we want to make this the worst week of Gamecock hoops of the year? Or do we want to just like like tease everybody? Uh oh my goodness, what a week this was. So the women play Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, at Tennessee and Knoxville, middle of the week, uh, home against Georgia. Uh, they went on both 66-55. They beat Georgia 70-56. But, man, Bryce, it wasn't – it did not feel like final game scores, double-digit victories. Those final scores do not indicate how close and crazy those games were of just stress levels for Gamecock Nation. 
at Tennessee, at Tennessee was the first time all season where where I was I'm watching the game. Hmm, we we might lose. Uh, we might we might lose this one. Well, Tennessee has the talent, right? They have the five five stars. They just underperform every year. Yeah, I um, I mean, you're right. Like they they were ranked 11th start of the season um in the um in the in the AP preseason poll, but um but just the the game starts. They go on a 12-0 run in the middle of the game and take a lead, and and then and then neither team could do anything. Like it was, it was brick city. Like, like nobody could score, and and um, it it just it just ended up like the, we take the lead at halftime at uh, at the I think right at the end of the third quarter, and then put it away, or we tie it right at the end of the third quarter, and then put it away um, in the fourth, uh, holding them to seven points, and I think that's the key to the week. This. Honestly, this week it felt like last year's Gamecock women's basketball team. It felt like watching them, where they would let a team hang around and hang around and hang around, and then and then they would just put it to them late. Well, Cardoso was on jet lag coming back from Brazil, but after she woke up and you know she finished that fourth quarter strong, finished with the double double, eighteen and ten. But it was just a weird game. But you know what? There's always that feeling you have with Gamecock women's basketball that when it get looks dire. Something just clicks the last five to six minutes of the fourth quarter, and they just know what to do, and all of a sudden they go, okay, this has been stressful enough. Let's go win the game. That's what I feel like something in those games. Yeah, uh, Bree Hall hit a big three in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, it's it's like what she does whenever whenever a game is in question, just just showing up big, um, hit, hit a big three, and they got up. And one thing that's nice about this team is that once they get a lead – they hold it like they, like once don't like, like, a lot yeah yeah at, at, at Tennessee once they got up seven points in the fourth quarter I was like okay we're home we're home we're we're not giving that they're we are not allowing Tennessee back in this they're but, just not going to score but going into the Georgia game you know they announced was it right after the game against UConn that we were getting college game day in Columbia and we we're like we're playing Georgia and you're like you look at the standings and you're like, Georgia's last place in the league. And I look at the line today, what, 36, 36 and a half. And I go, I mean, there's a chance that we have, you know, Cox by 70. That's what I was thinking going into the game. And it was the complete opposite. Well, I'll just say this. It was Phil Kornblut's fault. <laughs> what did he say? Because well, this is Gamecock basketball only, so I won't say where we were. Uh, we were in a, a press box for an, another sport. And uh, he he uh, announces that the score of the women's game is 15 to seven and said, you know, that, that one's over. And I, I said, I said, Cornbull, you ever pay attention to basketball? I think South Carolina's blown a couple of leads before probably here, Bertie, Bertie just recently as I said, uh, you know, women don't usually do it, but I wouldn't say it's over just yet. And then it was 17 to 17 and then down 23 to 17, I think. So blame, blame corn for that one. Well, everyone keeps saying he's a closet Clemson fan, but you know, he's he is what it is. But uh so going in the game, they we come out okay, and then they all of a sudden, you know, into the first, I think it's tied, what, 17-17, and then they go up what six or so, just so many dumb turnovers at the end of the second quarter. And then I think at the third, they get up to about what they were up seven and a half. They were up seven and a half. So then what you know, in the third quarter, what did it get up to? Nine, nine, yeah. 10 points. And I was like, the Georgia center was having the game of her life. I think it was career high what, in the third quarter. Um, but then just slowly but surely, we come back. Pow Pow just says, I can hit three pointers. And then Full Wiley does what Full Wiley does. Sometimes. It didn't help that Watkins was in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, she she got in foul trouble. And her defense has been just sensational. And so I, I think if she's not in foul trouble, we we, we take control of this a little sooner. Uh, that Georgia Center doesn't have the game of her life. You know, um, it was big enough, the game day crowd, it was big enough to get Spurrier in the building, y'all. Yeah, um, John, do you know why Spurrier was back, or was he just, uh, you know, bored? <laughs> well, you you know, y'all know how much uh, Steve Spurrier supports women's athletics, and Jim yes. Spurrier loves Columbia. They love the women's basketball program. 
I think it was just to come up here for, for the game. And I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him at something in a while. I'm trying to think. I was feel he, like was I he back? Was it. Jerry back for like uh she was back for was she was she graduating? Wasn't she getting a degree? Yeah, she she yeah, she they were back here for that. I feel like he was back for some football related something football related recently. Um but I, I but I, I don't know right off the top of my head. But I but I think this trip was just back to to see Dawn and the girls play. Wow. It's just, you know, I mean, I saw that pop up on Twitter. I go, man, Spurrier's back in town. Maybe he wants to come back and just, you know, call plays, that's it, and not recruit at all and just golf and call plays. Let him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the most football analysis you'll get from us on that's the TVO. Right. Yeah. <laughs> let, let Steve Spurrier call the plays. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so the way that analysis, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's spot on. <laughs> I, I appreciate your approval. <laughs> uh, so a couple of couple of things to highlight, y'all. Uh, they announced before the game, Dawn's getting the statue. Yeah, did, that was impressive. I, I I thought there was some talk. I didn't know that it actually got agreed to. John, did you hear any of that? I I didn't I didn't hear that. That's that's news to me, but it's well deserved. I mean, even even though she's still the head coach here, I mean, and they're putting it at the state house. Is is what I is is at least what was on Twitter, and so obviously now they, they, they talked about it, and they were saying okay. it was going to be near the um, front of the state house, and they talked about where that's where the Confederate um, statue was. But and then you know, it was just I thought like you know they're talking at the arena. That's great. This could be at the the state house. So, put it on the state house. That's fantastic. And then they showed it like almost done. I guess they were finishing up a uh, picture of it. Clemson's going to scream for Dabo to be there, but you know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, 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 you know, just, just leave Dawn out there and troll him. That's fantastic. But I anyway, love the putting win- this on the state house. But the women win their 43rd game in a row, breaks the SEC um, regular season. Was it straight wins? 43 straight regular season wins. Beat a, a record that Pat Summit had back in with the Tennessee Vols back in 92, 93. When um, you were breaking Pat Summit's records, you are doing something right. You should get a statue. You should, yes, you should. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I mean, just there's no end in sight. Let's hopefully the women keep rolling. I think was it a 25 and 0 something? I think it's 25. Yeah, yeah there's something now. 20 something now. 25, whatever. Um, they are rolling. Let's, um, let, Let's take care of business the rest of the way and not mess around and lose one of these like we tried to do this week. Yeah, we got Alabama at home on Thursday and then at Kentucky on Sunday. And uh, I think they can wrap up depending on what uh, LSU and Tennessee do. I think if they win next week and um, Tennessee or um, LSU lose another game, we could lock up the regular season, I think, with a four-game lead. Um, if that happens next week, so that'd be impressive to do it. What two weeks before the season's over? Yeah, you can just start playing a whole bunch of a whole bunch of girls at the end of the bench who just happen to be McDonald's All American. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is, it's funny she doesn't have it into the bench. Like, like, like it's no, no. So like she, she was she was holding out for Murrow for, for a transfer, yeah. and then when Murrow went to LSU, she didn't take another spot. So she started the season with an open scholarship, maybe to do something like what she did with Kitts last season. Um, and then Ja got suspended because she was probably the the deepest of the bench. But outside yeah. of that, you're playing four or five stars. <laughs> but do but like when, Car- when Cardoso was – Do like TCU did and just create an end of the bench. Just go hold walk-on tryouts for any girl who wants to come play and just let them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um but but yeah but so anyway as as always nothing but nothing but winning from the women um on this it's side it's incredible and so um and so anyway we're gonna we're gonna wrap up and get out of here uh john anything to plug out there the big spur for us you yeah, can you can talk about non-basketball too if we, we we recognize that there's other things happening baseball i think it threw a no hitter today yeah no hitter first one since uh 2013 um, and, and and I mean I'm I'm gonna show my um basketball only you, you know um 
uh, following here. The pretty cool story from the pitcher, right? That threw it. Well, the uh, starting pitcher, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there were five, five different pitchers, but yeah, the, the, uh, the starter, um, was missed all of last season after having Tommy John. Uh, he was a transfer from Notre Dame. He pitched in the College World Series a couple years ago. That was the last time he pitched, but you know, he actually pitched it at P27 Academy, uh, a local baseball academy here in Columbia, his, his senior year. Uh, so he's, he had been exposed to, uh, South Carolina and Columbia, uh, but had already signed at Notre Dame. So, you know, he went up there to play for a year. Their coach left to go to Florida state, came, came to Columbia, uh, tours, tore up his elbow in the fall, October of 2022. And, and I had to miss all of last season. And, um, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a cool kid. Uh, he's, he's a five foot 10, um, you know, just firecracker out there. Uh, so it was, it was cool to see him back on the mound for the first time. They had five guys throw today. All of them made their South Carolina baseball debut. Uh, two of them were freshmen, three of them were transfers. So cool to see that. Um, uh, they had four walks, so it wasn't a perfect game. So got to fix that to make all the fans happy. Uh, can't be satisfied with just no hitter. Got to be a perfect game next time around. Um, but but 14 runs scored. But but yeah, it was it was a good good weekend for the Gamecocks. And you know, as far as the Big Spur goes, uh, just come read it all. <laughs> I mean, well, there's nothing better nothing better than the <laughs> VIP room on Monday nights. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you forget yeah. about it on Monday night, it's great to wake up to and see on Tuesday morning. On Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, there's there's stuff going on with football. Uh, there's football hail spent Saturday uh, it, down in Myrtle Beach at a recruiting event. There was another recruiting event in Atlanta today. Um, so there's going to be uh, plenty of football nuggets. I will uh, speak with a couple of my basketball people and figure out what the hell, hell's gone wrong here these last two games and, and, and how they plan to fix it and hopefully have that in there tomorrow night too. So um, yeah, plenty of stuff going on. I'll be in Ole Miss. I'll be in Oxford this coming weekend. Uh, so I'll miss a little bit of baseball, but a couple midweek baseball games. And um, you know, there's, there's always a ton going on uh, on the big spur for sure. And we've got a very lively message board community. If you like reading some great insight along with a few random idiots here and there. So but I say, lovingly, but I say that lovingly, absolutely lovingly. Is, is lively the talking point? <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. And you know what? Everybody has stupid takes from time to time. I have stupid takes from time to time. There, there are some. John, we started a podcast because we have stupid takes. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all got listeners, so they may not be that stupid. There you go. <laughs> All right, so I've heard of the the food, and uh, I've been to Starkville, I've been to Oxford, and I've had the was it Little Dewey's, the the barbecue in Starkville. What's what's the best food in Oxford? What do you look forward to when you go out there? There is. I can never remember the name of it. There's a little like meat and three place down. They have squares in, in Oxford. So they uh, one, one of the squares down there. Uh, it's kind of like Savannah. They they all have different names and all of them are famous for whatever reason or what have you. I can't remember the name. I'm drawing a blank, but there, there's a good little meet and three down there. I'm trying to decide whether I want to go Friday uh, and, and stay Friday night and, and wake up and go to the game and then drive back after the game on Saturday. I don't want to spend two nights. Or if I want to wake up on Saturday morning, go there, and then stay Saturday night and drive what back. Time's the game? What time's tip-off? 3.30 tip-off, So, which makes it really difficult. What is that, um, a 1 a.m. coming back, 2 a.m. coming back? Yeah, it'd be a 2 a.m. or coming back, but I'm a night person. So, like, that's easy. For it's, me. it's a 4 a.m. I mean, you're leaving Columbia 4 a.m., 3.30 if you're waking up on Saturday. Uh, about 6.30. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I leave about six thirty, and that's like morning doesn't really work for me all that great. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go Friday, Friday, and and um you know spend spend Friday night somewhere. And uh, Ole Miss baseball plays at noon on Saturday, so maybe I go Friday night and and uh, watch a little Ole Miss baseball, get a little scouting report for because I'll be back in Oxford um in a couple of weeks for the uh, baseball series, maybe. It's the same week as the SEC basketball tournament, so I'll be in Nashville until basketball uh, decides they don't want to be in Nashville anymore, which might be Thursday, it might be Friday, it might be Saturday or Sunday. Well, let's so, stay a top four. I'll stay a top four seed and get a couple buys, and you know you don't have to be there. 
Yeah. And not send you out there on Tuesday. Let you let you rest in the middle of the week. <laughs> well, that's that's not a half bad idea either. I don't want to I don't want to go out there on Tuesday and have to watch a game though. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that before. All right. Well, John, thanks for joining us. We had a great time. Um, you're welcome to come on the show anytime, especially if you want to talk good or bad or complain anytime about Carolina basketball teams. This is the place to complain. Well, I, I like I like the good stuff, so I'll have to come back again here in in a couple of weeks to to talk about good instead of having instead of coming on and talking about two losses in a season where there've only been five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's just hope that we we win on Saturday and then everything's fine. Uh, but I'm anyway, just glad I didn't come on last Sunday when y'all wanted me to, because then I would have been the curse. Oh yeah. Oh man, man, we we'd well, uh... We, and we I forgot been... the Super Bowl was that night. That's how yeah. you know, I'm almost 40. I'm starting to lose my memory. Right. <laughs> we we are a very niche pod. <laughs> well, I love it. Y'all, y'all are ser- y'all are serving a, a community that is growing right now because uh the CLA is packed and folks are on the uh Lamont Paris bandwagon and Don Staley, obviously. So the it may be a very niche pod, but it is it is a niche that is growing, which which I love, because um, I I mean I love South Carolina basketball. Those are the that's the first sporting event I can remember going to growing up. I went to a bunch of football games, went to a bunch of baseball games, but my first memories of are of South Carolina basketball. So you know I've always enjoyed um, I always enjoy it when when Gamecock basketball is good and enjoyable to watch. I always kind of make the joke that you know I'm cover South Carolina football. And then I start covering South Carolina basketball until South Carolina basketball starts to stink. Then I go cover South Carolina baseball. So this, this year has extended me quite, quite, quite a, uh, a while, I think. So. And since you joined the big spur, what an 07, we've only been to one tournament, you know, since you've been on the, you know, following, I guess, what was it? My senior year in high school with 04, was it Boynton? I think Boynton put his team on the back and got us there, and then Memphis killed us. But was it one tournament in 20 years? It'd be nice to have another one. Exactly. I mean, I remember watching the baseball team from my bed at my Airbnb uh, they in, in uh, Arizona when South Carolina got walked off by Auburn out at Plainsman Park. Um, but I just remember – laying in my bed in Glendale, Arizona, getting ready to go over to a final four game. So it was fine by me. <laughs> well, we dream of final four again. And hey, the final four this year for the men in Arizona. Same spot. Same spot. Yeah. I don't know how I ended up at the in the Airbnb that I did, but it was a it was pretty cheap, but it was a one point one million dollar house. So we uh we lived it up pretty nicely over there. They had a bicycle for two in the back and um, you know, after a couple of cold beverages, there were a couple of folks on it riding around. Um, so, so yeah, there, there are a lot of fond memories on the court and off the court from, from that year. I, I'm sure you mean riding loosely there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of walking and stumbling and trying to prevent from falling over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hi, right, John. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on, and we will uh, we'll get you back on here to talk about this team when they're winning too. Maybe we might have you come on at, if they win the SEC tournament. Well, when you come back from Nashville, you're coming on the pod. Perfect, that works for me. <laughs> You'll have to buy more, bring more clothes to the SEC tournament if that happened, though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah, just bring the one pullover for the whole you know whole weekend. Right, right. I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll have to uh, maybe. Well, I won't have to do laundry. I'll just bring. I'll just be able to pack a suitcase instead of just a, a little uh, grocery bag full of stuff. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We'll do it again next week, hopefully in better moods. For Sumter Bryce, John Weddle, Go Cox, GBO out.